We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. episode of pod maverick after dark though in this instance pod maverick mid-afternoon you're joined by kirk henderson and josh bow we are editors over at mavsmoneyball.com uh the dallas mavericks played a game earlier today first preseason preseason game of the year over in abu dhabi for them part of the abu dhabi games they lost to the minnesota timberwolves 111 to 99 josh how are you I'm doing good. Uh, everyone listening, um, big props to Kirk, because if you're listening to this not live, like just in your podcast feed, Kirk basically did the live show with the fans to come up on stage and talk. And then I messaged him a few minutes after he was done with that and was like, uh, I have some time. Do you want to just record our post game podcast now instead of later, you know, while we're trying to get kids to bed and eat dinner and all that good stuff? And he's like, yes, let's do it. So Kirk I mean, is pitching a back to back, basically. It's it's well. I don't know. We kind of do this in the season, but we usually do it like yeah, that yeah, at night. True. And it's kind of odd because I usually I usually formulate a lot of my takes for the live show with with you know Pod Maverick fans during talking to you. So it's a little weird kind of doing it out of order. It's gonna show up in the in the uh the feed out of order. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. I'm not gonna post it to podcast feeds until Friday uh morning. So you know it'll be a little out of out of whack, but out of whack is kind of how you describe preseason basketball and out of whack is how I would describe how the Mavericks started this game uh, where they absolutely got they, I mean, it looked like the wolves were there to play basketball and the Mavs were there to, to shoot around. I, I don't, I'm not mad or anything, uh, but it was, it was kind of the, the first quarter was kind of an enormous waste of everybody's time. <laughs> It was very funny to watch the reactions in real time because everyone is so on eggshells uh, talking about this team after last season that um, 
I saw more in the first quarter people reacting or complaining about the overreactions and the freakouts than I actually saw overreactions and freakouts. And it was very funny to see like, uh, you know, oh, you know, they're down 29 to nine or something in the first quarter or 25 to five. And they didn't make a, their first field goal was, I think, at the six minute mark of the first quarter. And it was funny, you know, and it was funny to see people try to not act like what they were watching wasn't horrible basketball, which is, it's okay. Like just because they played bad, isn't an indictment on anything. Like we're allowed to call what we're watching bad. Like it was bad, but that doesn't mean, doesn't mean the season's over. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, we just watched a bad first half of basketball. Um, so that was that was just funny to see people trying to do the mental gymnastics of of, of watching that, and not trying to seem overtly callous about what they were watching. But yeah, it was a, it was a pretty crappy first quarter, and then from there things were like okay for the rest of the way. But um, it definitely looked like a first preseason game. Although it was also funny to see people like, well, the Mavericks are jet lagged and they're doing all this Abu Dhabi promotional stuff. It's like, guys, the Timberwolves are doing. That's a, all, that's they, a horrible. They're, they're all doing the exact same stuff too. So, so for whatever reason, the Timberwolves were ready to play today, and the Mavericks weren't. The Mavericks had two rookies start, and the Timberwolves had their full starting five from last season. So, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get smacked around when you're playing young I think guys. That's, that's, that's probably okay. your most interesting point about the game, where it's like the the continuity issues. Yeah. I, I will say though we we had a in the live in the 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 group therapy the first the first person who came to talk basically said like I'm tired of watching these Jason Kidd teams not look prepared to play basketball. <laughs> I was wondering was anyone angry on the I haven't listened yet was anyone like actually angry? I would say like the whole point of those is to kind of work out overreacting like longtime listener Glenn was very irritated as he was like driving around which was great <laughs> and I feel because like, I get it. But it's just like you want to see some urgency and you just have to reconcile with the fact that when it comes to preseason basketball, you're not going to get it. You're just not going to get it. Now, three weeks from now, when they play their first game, if the Mavericks look like shit, you know, because he brought up uh, the first game of the Jason Kidd era, they got destroyed by the Atlanta Hawks. And I'd forgotten about that. He's absolutely right. If they get beat like, like crazy again to start the regular season or they look, you know, unprepared, it's a fair criticism. I'm just yeah. not going to worry about it yet no. because I think the continuity issues are big. I also felt they did very little to help that they're they're They, you know, when you're out there with two rookies, you got to press the easy button. You got to do something right. easy. And there was so many like useless ISOs from Luca and then from Kyrie too. Cause Kyrie was just like one of six in the, in the game. And it's like, guys, like, can we run an offense? Can we run a pick and roll? And then, you, you know, you, because you had a meeting, you missed the, the lively kind of actual functional pick and roll. Just, just press the easy button, spam, pick and rolls, make them stop it. I promise. Cause it's going to happen eventually. You know, it's it, the, I, I don't know. It, that was kind of the only thing where it was a little confusing where it's just, it's like you get down 11 to one. There's a couple of timeouts called at one point it was 22 to five. And it's, it's just like, you got to call an easy play to get a bucket, to settle everybody down. And they did not do that. And it just allows for like this, it, it just is prime overreaction territory where it's like, well, what are we doing? You know, the, the NBA clearly put a lot of emphasis on this game and this weekend. I was, I knew this was a thing. I did not understand how much of a thing it was with the sheer number of 
basketball celebrities in the area, in the arena. Yeah, yeah. They definitely rolled out the red carpet. Um, mm-hmm. Part of the reason, you know, I was wondering, like, the Timberwolves played their starters into the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that there was some sort of, like, maybe, like, not necessarily anything written, but just, like, a handshake, wink, wink, like, hey, can one of y'all yeah. – Maybe not both teams, but can some of y'all just play some of your stars a little bit longer than one half? Right. Because that's what, you know, everyone there is paying tickets. Like, there are people that are going to be in that arena that that might be the only well, the crowd game they've ever seen. Kyrie. Yeah. Crowd yeah, is chanting so. for Kyrie in the third quarter. And it's like, yeah. okay, wow. Maybe um, he plays more. and Maybe the Mavericks guys play more in the second game. But, yeah, yeah. you talked about, like, the, the plays and the easy buckets, and I get what you're saying. And, but also it's like you're just not going to see cool stuff. Like, they're not running the stuff – like the the bread and butter stuff in the pre like preseason is just like it's for the vets to get their conditioning and their legs under them and for young guys to just like see nba action and get them as up to speed as you can like they're not gonna like they're not gonna run luca Kyrie pick and rolls in the preseason they're not gonna do some of the cool stuff um they should do more Derek lively stuff just because he needs to learn um when he's on the floor but otherwise like you're gonna see vanilla like and this isn't just the mavericks every team is gonna be doing like the most basic vanilla stuff uh, you've seen because these coaches are lunatics and think that they have to hide everything. The wolf, um, I, I see, don't <laughs> see the wolves didn't though. The wolves yeah. were like their motion was really interesting to watch where, uh, and I started talking about it on the last show and one guy was like, I don't want to talk about that, which may I, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Brian. I agree. He's like, I, I and I get why it's math show, but it was like, they were cut like you had Carl Anthony Towns cutting from the top of the key and receiving passes in the middle of the lane off of kind of like not like like it's not a handoff, but it was like just really, you know, short, simple, like real movement based in the and the, the Mavericks are having a hard time stopping it. And it's just it's different. Like I get Luca and Kyrie are gonna dribble, but they're also both good basketball players. If I, yeah. I would I I I you know, a kingdom for for an for an offensive play that doesn't involve 17 seconds of dribbling. Yeah, it was very funny to see the, um, I mean, even the first half, I mean, it ended the, didn't matter because the starters didn't really play in the second half, but right. the box score of the starters is basically like the box score of every Mavericks game for the last three years. Right, Grant Williams looking real Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> he is the Dorian Finney-Smith replacement. Um, <laughs> but it, it is funny, but Luca, 25 points, the other four starters combined for 11 uh, it was just it was just funny. Again, it's not like this is what's gonna happen. It's like right. like well, lively and prosper. Assist. Yeah, like lively and prosper look like rookies. And like I want to make a point here about this because like I think a lot of people have been confused why like both of us, I think, are on the team play the run the young guys in rookies camp. I think we're both on that team. Sure. I know there's a lot of other people on that team too, media people, fans. And then there's a kind of pushback on that. I'm like, why do you want to play the rookies so much because of the, all the historical data about rookies and, and teams that want to contend? Like, right. You don't see rookies impactful on playoff teams, uh, except for some rare exceptions. And for me, it's like, and like, I'm sure some people are going to look at this game and be like, see, this is what it's going to look like. If you play a bunch of rookies, a lot of minutes, it's going to look ugly. And then like, for me, it's like, I know, like, you're not surprised. Like, I agree. It is going to look looked, ugly. If it looked amazing, that'd be a <laughs> testament to the coaching <laughs> staff and everybody involved. Like it wasn't, Right, you, you should have known it would have been a little bit wonky. Yeah, and like I'm embracing the one, like I want to embrace the wonkiness. Like this team finished 11th in the West last season. I want, I don't want them to just 
their goal to be good next season. Their goal needs to be good in 2024 and 2025 and 2026. Like Mm -hmm. that's why I want to see the rookies play. Not necessarily because I think the rookies are going to make them a top three team in the West. um, But because I want, they're the foundation. Like if they don't trade these guys, they're going to be the guys playing with Luca when Luca enters the the late, his late twenties. Mm-hmm. um so like that's why like obviously i know that's not going to look great if you start two rookies i'm not even saying they need to start two rookies i just want to see them play as much as they can but that's part of the process like they are kind of rebuilding in a way and when yep. you're building a little bit you're going to get some moments like this preseason game which is not a big deal I don't we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is a year, this is when when you possess a superstar or a player that's going to be a superstar, a future superstar, what the Mavericks have right now is a year two roster with a year six superstar. That's I know a Kyrie, really good way to put it. Like Kyrie Irving is amazing. This is not, that's not a Kyrie shot. It's just the rest of the roster is not up to speed yet. That's okay. We well, knew That's this. what they needed like, to do, yeah. They needed to do this. They need to step, take a step back to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. And I am I am bullish still because you know like Omax had a terrible game. He had a terrible game. He looked nothing like the player we saw in summer league. He he has like an aversion to steals. He was getting beat off the dribble in ways that I've not seen him get beat off the dribble. Uh his shot didn't look good. That's fine. He's yeah, a huge fine. person, and I'm like I'm willing to give him the, the benefit of the doubt. Lively was a little different. Lively getting kind of a big boy introduction. And and really, this is and it's a silly thing. I think I'm probably overemphasizing this. That lively looks fine when he's standing out there next to Gobert <laughs> and Towns 
is a big important sign for me because like I remember, do you remember when the Mavericks drafted AJ Hammond like eight yes, years ago? Yes, that course. dude didn't look like a fucking NBA player. He just didn't <laughs> look like a player. Like there's something like look about it, be about it. Like he's he's big, he's strong. He he, you know, you can see like where he's gonna get stronger in his game just from watching him play. He also, and and granted, I would need to watch this again. Nothing stood out to me where I was like, oh, that was a massive mistake where you hosed your teammates. That's been a big thing for me as I've been watching him. Did you see anything that stood out like that? No, no, nothing really. Um, maybe he could have been a little bit more aggressive on a couple of rotations to help his sure. teammates out. But that's, again, that's not that's over rotation like is what these guys normally do. Like, yeah. it's that, that was that's oh. like McGee's hallmark of a problem of like, I'm going to chase block this hunting. block yeah. and then just leave the rim open. Yeah, none got, of that happened. With the Mavericks got punished on the offensive boards, but again, Towns and Gobert are huge, and it, it's it's that that's an element of of a you know I, I bet we see that cleaned up a little bit for Game Two. Yeah, and even with Gobert, he got three offensive rebounds. I, I felt like Lively held his own on the boards. Like he tried. That, yeah, that that was one of the things I was worried the most about this game was just Gobert maybe punishing him on the offensive glass. And like, yeah, Gobert got him maybe once or twice, but. He held his own on the boards for sure. I mean, what he had five rebounds and mm-hmm. fifteen minutes. Five rebounds, is, fifteen minutes, fantastic. Yeah, I'll take take that over compared to what we've seen from some Mavericks big men uh, over the last few years. I mean, uh, Pal got zero rebounds in sixteen minutes. Uh, Kleba got one rebound in eight minutes. So, uh, so last year I just had to go look. Like Dwight Powell's per game averages. He played nineteen minutes a game and he averaged a grand total of four point one rebounds. So that. Yeah. I guess he's not, yeah, I don't know, 19 minutes, that's different. But it's like, if you're ever going to get lively up into the 25-minute per game range, if he's getting five or six rebounds, you are ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so that was pretty cool. And he got he got his nice lob toward the end of the first half, so that was cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. They definitely stabilized. Like, it was awful the first quarter. Uh, finally, like, Grant Williams, I think, hit back-to-back threes, which kind of salvaged um, his, his little brief run in the first half. But, yeah, I mean, it, you know. It was bad basketball, but it's you can you can play bad basketball in the preseason when you've got seven new rotation guys and uh, but two rookies in your starting lineup uh, that you're doing on purpose because you want them to get the minutes over. Yep. You know you know what you're going to get in THJ. You know what you're going to get in Dwight Powell. You know what you're going to get in Maxi Kleba. So why not yep. give those two guys as much time as possible? Because guess what? In the NBA, you don't practice ever. Like no, when the season starts, you don't practice. So this is their practice time. You probably get some film. You yeah. probably get some live game. You come to the sideline and it's like, hey, you know, be looking out for this. Mm-hmm. But then it's on to the next one. It's on right. to the next one. So, yeah, I I walked away from this and, and you know, there's I, I was very pleased. You talked about this and I think it's very worth mentioning and pointing out. Jaden Hardy was terrible in summer league. Like he just wasn't good. Both, both times, by the way. Both, both times. times. Yeah. Last time and this most recent time. Yeah. He did the same. He had the same role in these games where he's handling the ball more than I thought he would have. And he looked good. He just looked good. Like he, he was. He wasn't very efficient. He missed a lot of free throws, but he got the line eight for eight shots. You know that that led the team by a. You know, Luca had seven. Um, the ability to get to the line as a young player like that pretty important. His shot looks so good. He's. I just. I'm. I'm really pleased with how him and Green played. That that's that was that was one of like the the other big positives that I had from the game. Yeah, I think with Hardy, what was the eight free throws? That's notable because that's all he did in this previous summer league. 
summer league from this year was that's kind of what salvaged his stat line was he got to the free throw line like 10 times a game in summer league. And you wonder, does that translate? Because it's summer league, you you never know what's going to translate from summer league to the real, to the real thing. So to see that that did translate a little in this first preseason game, mm-hmm. like that's pretty cool. And that he's going to need that because I think he's, you know, he has to work on his finishing around the basket and that's going to be kind of tough for his, you know, he's not small, but he's not big. And he's not slow, but he's not necessarily like the fastest player. You know, he doesn't have a bad handle, but he doesn't have the greatest, you know. So like a lot of that can kind of play into his ability to finish at the rim. But if he's able to supplement that with getting to the free throw line a bunch, like that's going to be really good for him in his career. Also made some really good passes too, which is not some like, I mean, he showed that a little bit last year, but uh, it's always good to see him making the right reads. Driving was it Coop or was it Damaris over the summer who basically commented saying that they thought that Hardy was going to be the odd man out kind of come minutes time? Not because they did anything wrong, just because of like a minute squeeze. Do you remember yeah, this? I, yeah, I can't remember, but I mean, I think any of us would. If you look at the roster, I mean, with Seth and Tim Hardaway Jr. and and Green and Luca, the guard minutes are going to be tough to come by. Well, and, and that's what I found so interesting because, you know, and I mentioned this and you sort of shut me down on it, but <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a good arguing point. I don't see where Tim Hardaway plays in this because Hardaway doesn't attack the rim. He shoots threes. That's what he does now. Um, and I really just liked the way green, uh, not well, green is green too, but I like the way Hardy attacked and call me crazy, but I just, I, I sort of, I, I'm struggling to see what Tim Hardaway does that, that, that Hardy doesn't after one 17 minutes of action or whatever preseason game. I mean, I'm the wild overreaction here, but I'm just like, I want to see those two play. I want to see those two play. I can see the argument for like, this is a, a good reason for why if you trade THJ, you'll, you'll still be okay. But if he's on the roster, I mean, you have to play eight threes a game at 40%. She like, like he has to play, like even if Hardy and green are playing well, sure. um, like he's still, I mean, if you still look at the roster, he is still, as of right now, the most high volume, accurate three point shooter on the on the roster. You would think, sure. like Grant will probably challenge him a little bit. Uh, Kyrie maybe a little bit depends on how much off ball he plays with Luca. Um, but you need you need they need as many guys that are willing to to pull the trigger and can make threes at a high volume. And you know they've with with Grant and with Seth uh, and with Hardy coming along, they've made THJ maybe a little bit more expendable. But as long as he's here. He should certainly still still have a role. I think mm. uh, the big thing will be, you know, how much it's going to be. You know, how much do you want to lean into a, a youth movement with Hardy and, and and Green, or how much do you want to rely on vets with Seth and, and THJ? So that, that you know, it's not going to be easy, but they're going to have to figure it out because if he's here, he he he's going to play. Well, if he's but then then what about? No, we're just really off on a tangent. But who cares? <laughs> um, what about the idea? Like, do you remember our made up like Davis Bertans rule where it's like when Bertans <laughs> hits his first, if he hits one of his first two shots, then you just keep playing him. But if he misses <laughs> his early shots, you got to pull him. I think what's going to happen is if Hardaway has a string of tough games, fans are going to be calling for his head. And I get, and it's just, it's like, you know, veteran coaches stick with veterans and it's, it's, you know, I, I think for everybody, for everybody's sake, and I, we just had a podcast where I talked about how much we like Tim Hardaway Jr. So that's what uh, this is obviously an overreaction. But I'm just like, I, I just, I don't see how you keep him off the floor. That's yeah. all. It's well, just going to be hard to keep Hardy and Green off the floor. 
No, that's not a bad take. And like, this is like the re, you know, you're laying out the path for why if they trade him, they, they, they can trade him because mm-hmm. they finally have this guard depth that they feel that I think they're going to feel pretty confident in. Because like you said, I think Hardy and Green were probably, you know, Luca looked good offensively, but Luca's Luca. Um, but like in terms of like the biggest takeaways from this game, I mean, yeah, like Hardy and Green were probably by far the two brightest brightest spots. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, trying to think if there's like anything else that's really worth talking about. I mean, I, I Holmes is going to be another flashpoint because I don't think the Mavericks yes. want to play him. Um, yeah, he was he, what the third. I mean, Maxie and Dwight both came off the bench before him, right? Yep. I, I just don't think they want to play him. I don't think he fits and on or well, I don't think he fits what they think that he does. And I, I just, I don't know. Look, I like, I like watching the guy play. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to watch him not play. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're watching these preseason games, I'm just kind of like looking for, for flashes of something sure. outside of what we already know. Like, you know, Kyrie playing poorly. Like, I don't care. Uh, Cause he's fine. Like Luca playing great. Also it's fine. Like he's Luca. Like I don't need to give Luca gold stars for scoring 25 points in a preseason game. Like he's awesome. Yep. Um, but, uh, but Holmes played like nine minutes and you're talking about a guy that didn't play at all last year, basically in Sacramento. He got sent to his own version of the Rick Carl phantom zone. I mean, Obviously, his stat line, you know, two points, block, steal, uh, two rebounds, and nine minutes isn't crazy, but, like, his steal was really nice. Like, he he kind of did a front fronting the post and kind of got around and, and stole an entry pass and kept the ball in bounds, which was really nice. Had a nice block and then had a nice finish uh, in the lane on a, on a pick and roll that wasn't, like, an easy layup dunk. It was, like, kind of like a hook shot that needed some finesse and skill. And I was like, oh, okay. I knew he could do that because he's got that push shot floater that from the free throw line that's like automatic. So he he looked nice. Uh, he looked bouncy. He looked defensively pretty engaged, which is what I think kind of caused him to get out of the rotation in Sacramento was his defense. If I mean I'm not I'm not plugged into what the what was going on with the Kings last season, but I feel like that's kind of what it was. Um, so he made two splashy defensive plays on a team that like desperately needs more steals and more blocks regardless of of what you think about those two stats like they're still rating block rates last season were like bottom like 20 bottom third of the league so um to see him make a couple of nice plays on the defensive end like that was cool and you know he kind of you know uh, when your team is getting when a team is getting its butt kicked for pretty much from quarter one <laughs> quarter four like the guys that kind of splash a little bit like they just stand out even more um because it's very easy to come into a game when you're getting you're getting your tails whipped and just kind of you know just kind of contribute to that but he he showed some spunk i mean he was he was a plus five in nine minutes and i know individual plus minus isn't isn't anything to write home about but i don't know i just i I liked him when he was on the floor felt like he did good things that's 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 the way i felt well probably shouldn't beat a dead horse we're at 24 minutes um you know, our, our off-season pods probably belay a little bit of what the intent of these shows is. But in the regular season, hopefully our recap shows will be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, and then we can get on with your lives. We know all of you have multiple options when you uh, want to be listening to post-game and pre-game and all the sort of Mavs content. There's a lot of things out there. Um, haven't asked for you to like the, the show and subscribe to the show, but if you could do that, I'd very much appreciate it. Josh, is there anything else before we get out of here? uh no i don't think so i I think just they're gonna play the same team again on saturday and and 
hopefully it's a better first quarter uh, and we'll see what happens. That's right. So schedule wise, what will probably happen is I think Josh and I will probably record a recap show of that game. Yep. I probably will not do a live show just because it, it feels like it feels it's like, like well, it's Saturday and it Afternoon. feels like it's the same team twice in preseason. It's like it's just a lot of like making like I have fun talking about this stuff, but I also feel like the, the longer you talk, the more likely you are to say something you regret. Um, and so what we'll probably do is we'll come back. We'll do a show on Tuesday, uh, do another show on Tuesday. Uh, they'll probably I mean, like a, a post game show and then a live show with with fans where we talk. And then I think uh, we'll, we'll then we have like a period of days off. Like we have a it's it's a it's like six or seven days until the final preseason game from there. If I remember my math correctly. Yeah, they play on Tuesday, the 10th, and then they don't play again until the 20th. They have 10 days off. So we'll be we'll be filling in some time uh, with other kind of, you know, one off shows in between there as we try to uh, get geared up for the regular season as well. All right, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thank you so much for hanging out. We will be back with more shows like I just mentioned. But until then, check out MavsMoneyBall.com as well. We have lots of things going up. Appreciate everybody's support, and I hope you have a great rest of your day Friday. If you're listening and if you're watching on the show, have a good Thursday. Bye, guys. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.